Hey, beautiful people. So uh, today's Saturday, June 10th, and uh, this morning I went on a walk to go get my bagel. And I was thinking about, um, so I need to make a decision around our client acquisition workflow. And because, uh, you know, like I said, in one of the last uh, content piece I put out was that there is a million different ways you can actually grow your business. So um, you need to allocate 80% of your time to figuring out the right decisions to growing your business, the right path. If you you can literally not do anything the whole week and just be taking in inputs, looking at data, acquiring new information uh, to make one single decision. Most people, what happens is they'll get one one short from an influencer and they'll take that and go make decisions on um, on scaling their company. And that is the worst path that you that is the wrong uh, process to making decisions for your business and that's why i've had clients who come to me and they're like hey i've been through this program i've been through this program i've been through this program and um, i'm still broke and the reason why i'm going to make this video is not necessarily to kind of like show you oh this is the right sales funnel you need to use for your funnel no that's not the point the point is i want to help you make decisions and in today's video or podcast, if you're listening to it on the pod, is I want to actually leverage um, this quote that we've always uh, we always hear, which is hard decisions, um, you know, create an easy life and easy decisions create a hard life. Right. I'm going to use this to help you make a decision on how you should go about acquiring clients. And funny enough, I was on a walk today and although I knew I knew what I'm about to share in like just like logical um, terms. I always almost need like different analogies for me to understand things. I almost need to simplify it to the to the point where it's in like indisputable. And the way that I'm about to explain it to you guys, I think that you guys will be able to know how to grow your company inevitably. Okay, so let's look at it. So um, I will start by kind of like sharing. Um, an example of how easy decisions create a hard life and how uh, hard decisions create an easy life in our day to day. So let's say um, you're working a nine to five, okay, and you get paid on Friday. You get received that paycheck on Friday, or sometimes if you're in Montreal, Canada, you get paid on Thursday, I believe. So Thursday or Friday, you get your paycheck, and um, that same evening, you get invited by your coworkers or your friends to go out in a club or at a bar or at a restaurant you know or you get invited to a to a to someone else's home right well the easy decision the thing that's going to give you the instant gratification the pleasure that's going to make you uh, have fun that 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 same day is to say yes and to go out which most people do okay now let's look at the third second and third order consequences fourth fifth um, of this 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 type of decision making which is optimizing for the easy decisions easy decisions can be like hey what is the thing that i want and when do i want it okay what is the path that leads me to getting that thing us as humans the thing we always want is pleasure we want to be we want to protect ourselves and we also want to have fun so the easy decisions here is to say yes now what is the outcome of such a decision well, you're broke by Sunday, okay? So you go out on Friday. You're probably all going to go also out on Saturday. 
uh, and then Sunday you're broke. So you probably paid rent and then now you're back to being broke. And then on Monday, you're forced to go back uh, to go work at a job you hate. And then what ends up happening when you do something every day that you hate? You start drinking more. You start smoking weed every day or uh, maybe even sometimes before work. I've heard people that smoke weed before work. And to me, it's like, like, are you are you that much of a zombie that like like you just going through life like a zombie where you have literally no purpose in life? Like for me, if you smoke weed in the morning, like if you're listening to this and you smoke weed every morning, I'm like, you know, you can kind of like use the excuses that, oh, it helps me focus. It helps me do this. I'm like, brother or sister, <laughs> stop the excuses. Get off the weed in the morning. It's stupid, right? Uh, anyway. You start smoking weed, so now your your whole um, dopamine system is messed up because you're always um, down, right? Now, Friday gets here, you repeat the same cycle. You've been sad all week. You've been like, you've been in a state of hate all week. So now, when Friday gets here, guess what you want to do? You get invited over to go out, and then you go out. Fifty years old, late. You now, let's look at the. Now, what is the outcome of such a decision, What of, of a decision-making process in someone's life? Well, this person who's lived this life like this will be 50 years old. Um, and although their life was full of many exciting Friday nights, it will have been also full of six days out of seven of the week. They were full of stress and just hate. Like, I literally despise my life. And this is what ends up happening with people who, uh, who just make easy decisions. Easy decisions lead to a hard life. I know 50, 60-year-olds who literally have to still go to work because all they optimized for when they were young was to make the decision that feeds them or that gives them the pleasure for that day. Okay? You don't want to do this. Now, let me go over the hard decisions that lead to an easy life. Well, let's say you get a paycheck on Friday. Same situation. You get invited with uh, by your friends. You say no, right? It, it's hard. It's hard to not go out on a Friday, especially when you're killing it, especially when you're making money, especially when you're young, especially when you're when you got so much uh, testosterone and you just want to go out there and hunt and just you know live that you know you want to go find a, be- a hundred beautiful women and you wanna you wanna you wanna marry them all. <laughs> anyway, um, anyway, I know some boys out there are crazy, but. Um, you know, but anyway, let's go back to the thing. So when you say no, okay, it's hard. You're like, oh, I don't want to optimize for instant gratification. You know what I'm going to do is I'm going to say no and I'm going to stay in, you know, and if you're like me, when I, you know, when I stay in it on a Friday night, I'll maybe buy a bottle of wine. I'll watch a, a TV show I'll, or I'll ask my brother, Hey, what is a TV show that you've been looking, uh, watching? Um, and then I'll just sit there with my projector uh, in my little penthouse alone. And or I may invite a girl over if I have a girl that I'm seeing that, you know, we're we're matching. We want to say no, like maybe she's because there is also some people who always want to go out, especially in my position. I have, you know, if I'm kind of like dating someone. Um, I've seen there's two types of people. There's a type of people who want to make easy decisions like, hey, we haven't been going out. Like that type of person, I automatically remove them from my life, right? Because I don't want I don't want someone making me feel bad for wanting to stay in, okay? So 
But this is what happens when you say no to going out and to instant gratification. You still have money by Sunday. So if I make a hundred grand this week, I'm still a hundred grand profitable. Okay. <laughs> I didn't buy no one uh, tequila bottles because when I go out, tequila is my 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 go-to. I, I like tequila ever since I went to Mexico. Um, I started learning Spanish too. But anyway, <laughs> so check this out. Um, but by Sunday, you still have your money. And for me, when I still, you know, am profitable by Sunday, I'll go, I'll take my family to brunch. I'll, I'll take that beautiful girl on brunch. You know, we'll go eat breakfast together. Um, and then I'll go back, you know, to work that day. Um, but we're talking about someone who has a job. So now when, what happens with someone who's made the hard decisions on Friday? Well, the work starts, the work week starts, you feel good and free because you have your savings. Okay. You show up to work because you like it as it allows you to progress towards your desired goals. You're getting near your goal to buy a home. You know, if you have a, go a goal to buy a home, maybe you're like me, you want to get a GT3, uh, or maybe you want to get a Patek Philippe, or you, uh, or, you know, or can see how you can end up in a penthouse if you work with client acquisition at IO, right? Maybe you're someone who's saving up to be able to work with us, right? Working with us is pretty expensive. Um, but, you know, in this case, this person, um, their life is bright because they can see the end, uh, they can see light at the end of the tunnel compared to this person who every Friday uh, goes out and every Sunday they're broke. So Monday they're just like, oh my God, like, I don't know what life is made of, right? This is, this is the two type of situations most people's uh, lives um, end up in, right? The people who make the easy decisions and get a hard life or the people who make the hard decisions today and end up with an easy life okay now let's look at business so why did i explain all that to kind of like uh, end up on acquisition so let me show you so in business when it comes to growing your company especially you know scaling legion and scaling your appointment sitting in your sales you have two type of ways of scaling your company you have the easy way and you have the hard way okay let me explain the easy way. The easy way, in my opinion, is direct response, which is put out an offer in front of people. Tell them that, hey, if you don't buy this, if you buy this and you don't get a result, then I'll refund you and buy you a home. Like that's the direct response. Like, hey, here is your problem. Get this. And if it doesn't work out, you remove, you know, risk reversal like crazy. Um, like that's kind of like um, a direct response. And funny enough, this works really well, Right. A lot of people are pushing this. I'm sure you guys get a thousand ads a day of people telling you, hey, I'll book your appointments and, or if you don't get it, then it's free or I'll pay you for wasting your time. I think that that's the easy way of running, of running your acquisition. Why is that? Because in my opinion, that whole setup takes 72 hours to set up, right? All you need is figure out what is going to be your sales angle, what is going to be your, your offer, film the ad, or f create the messaging, put up a funnel, put up a little booking page, maybe put up a video, a VSL, and just start either sending a bunch of DMs or start sending, uh, start spending a bunch of money on ads and get impressions and get people, the 3% of the market that is ready to buy, get them to buy right there and then, okay? Now, this is why this is um, the easy way of scaling a company, but here is the second and third order consequence that happens from just focusing on this type of acquisition workflow well 
for sure, you get instant wins. You get wins right there and then. As soon as you start, you start getting results. Now, the issue with such a method is that it will attract more humans who want the same instant gratification that you're experiencing. So it attracts insane amount of competition. And when you have a lot of competition doing the same thing as you, the cost to experience that instant gratification, that booked call, that closed deal, goes through the roof. Okay, because 3% of the market can only be offered, can only be tried, you know, can only handle so many offers at once, right? It's the same pool of people. Let's say if there is a million prospects and you have a thousand business owners pitching the same thing to that million uh, people. Well, if it goes from a thousand businesses to 3000 businesses, well, the cost to get that attention also three X's, maybe scales, um, 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 exponentially. It doesn't scale. Um, it's like an asymmetrical type of uh, scaling, right? Um, the cost per, per desired outcome becomes too expensive. And this is where you guys see some people's businesses breaking. And this is why most people in this online space, businesses, whether that be an agency owner, whether that be a coach, whether that be a consultant, whether that be an info product guy or girl, go out of business after four to five years, okay? They go out of business because their business broke. Their, their way of acquiring a client is not sustainable because they were only optimizing for, hey, I want to get rich today. I want the lead who want to buy now, and I want to get their money now. And the issue with this is that this is not sustainable way of acquiring clients, Okay, it is the fastest way to make money, but it's not the fastest way to grow your company in the most sustainable way. Okay, so that means that easy decisions in business lead to failure inevitably over the long haul. Now, let's go back to the hard way of running your business and making decisions on your acquisition. Maybe you instead of trying to push um, just like a direct response, instead you put up a, a, a training that goes over how to solve the prospects, the market's problems, okay? It could be a lead educational uh, lead magnet. And once someone opts in, you educate them. And maybe you put up a triage so that when they opt into the training or when they get uh, offer the thing, someone calls them and they're like, hey, I noticed that you, um, that you, sh that you entered to learn how to, let's say, um, get UGCs for your brand or um, get more qualified appointments for your, uh, real estate uh, agency and then that person is not necessarily trying to close that person they're just trying to figure out hey are you the qualified person that we can help if they can help them then they maybe they can set them onto a call right but for me what i like to do is i like to have a triager i like to have a setter and i like to have retargeting ads retargeting ads the setter and the triager is just meant to qualify to take from the pool of people who opted into the solution training and then i want them to get even more educated okay this is where it's it's important so i want to give them the solution i want to educate them and then i want someone to reach out or an ad to reach out to figure out if they're qualified and i want to offer them more value and then once they've consumed that second step of value, stage of value, then I want someone to set them on a call or through an ad, a retargeting ad, onto a call, right? And this is, so this is the 
the, the thing about this type of strategy. It's like it's, it requires more work because you need to be good at creating content. You need to be good at creating assets. You need to be good at, at building uh, teams. So you need a, a triager. You need a, a growth specialist. You need to be good at paid ads. You need to be good at even more content. You need to be good at even more systems. The back end needs to be dialed in, right? So the issue is this is a bit harder to pull off because it's more work and it's a bigger infrastructure. Now, let me show you guys the second and third order consequence of using this type of strategy. It takes a bit longer to experience your desired outcome, which is to make money. Okay. But it attracts less competition since no one wants to put in the work or has the team to pull off this type of infrastructure, right? Everybody wants the short-term gratification. So they're all going to go back to their direct response to get a result. And for sure, that's what most people want. But again, we've noticed that like the direct response thing, it breaks at some point, right? So what we want to do is we want to do something that is hard so that we get less competition so that the cost per lead is cheap since we're giving the solution to our market's problems up front. And then the cost per appointment stays the same over a long period of time, allowing you to remain profitable longer. You never need to go out of business because you own the audience you've spent money on, right? People are doing direct response, although they're getting um, like the, the leads information and all that good stuff. They're only getting so their, their lead flow is really small compared to someone who's actually giving the solution away, right? So for us, at the end of the day, we get, let's say, 100 times more lead flow, which means that we have 100 times more a bigger of an audience. So we start playing the same game that guys like Jeff Bezos play, which is, um, you know, I don't know if you guys, um, I'm sure most of you guys won't know this, but I was learning how uh, the prime model. So Amazon built prime, um, you know, you know, the service where you pay like 11 bucks a month. I'm still paying it for the last like 12 months or so. I don't even use it. My brother uses it. Um, I sometimes check, you know, shows that they put on there, but Prime Video, so their 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 like content production business, which is Prime Video, was not actually built to make profit. Jeff Bezos, they analyzed the data and they realized that the people who are actually on Prime buy more frequently and stay longer. So they built the platform and literally are spending billions and billions of dollars to create the experience that helps them retain their audience and their customers literally like they're not making i mean i'm sure they might be making money today but prime they're all reinvesting and creating better content not be, not like the model of netflix netflix makes money from the subscription amazon does not make money their their model is not to make money on um on the consumption of you getting watching a video because it only you, you you pay like 10 bucks a month and you're getting value on fast delivery. So they're not really, they could price it higher if they wanted to, but their goal is let's give people the thing they want and let's just retain them by giving them so much value that the fee that they're paying is almost like they can not even pay attention to it. So Jeff Bezos gave away billions of dollars of value of content to get you to stay on Prime. <laughs> Because why would someone stay on? Because for me, in my opinion, I would not stay on Prime paying that 11 bucks a month. 
at the rate at which I order on Amazon. I'm not really a big order online guy. So I'll probably go two, three months without using Amazon, uh, like the actual e-commerce store. But I'll consume sometimes if they have great shows um, on their prime thing. But the main model they have is so that when I want to buy something, I always go prioritize Amazon because I'd rather buy something and get it delivered tomorrow than to go to a store because I'm already paying the 11 bucks a month. You see the play? So it's like you need to figure out a way to and how this applies within your 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 business, your service business is figure out the thing that you give the people so they can stay on your platform, stay consuming your content. The reason why I'm making this video is because I want you it's it's like I'm spending this time, I'm investing my time which is not cheap to give you something for free so that you stay on my platform, which is my content. And then whenever you want to buy an acquisition infrastructure, who do you think you're going to go to the same way that when I want to buy a new, um, you know, like, let's say, I don't know, something that I need at home, I'm going to buy from Amazon because they're the ones who are the closest to giving me the thing that I want. So whoever can achieve that type of um, thought process, thinking longer term, is the person who's going to pull off uh, the most amount of wealth um, forever. So let me know what you thought of this. Did this help out? Like hard decisions lead to an easy life versus easy decisions leading to a hard life. It works the same way on your client acquisition. If you do what's easy and what everyone is doing, then you're going to experience uh, harder, harder times over the long run at scaling and sustaining your, your growth. But if you do the the hard things, which is what we specialize in with our clients, we build in teams, we build them systems, and now we're going to also be helping them with running ads. Uh, but the first thing is we're turning them into people who can really create content that makes people want to, um, that makes it more effortless to decide to work with them than a total stranger. So have a beautiful day, guys. Hopefully this one was good. Bye-bye.